0: Hey guys, it's James, long time caller, first time listener. Um, I just uh, listened to the 2019 Best of, and I wanted to point out to Paul that in his favorite cover, Batman is actually writing a Triceratops and not a Stegosaurus. I also know you guys were looking for the porn parody of Funny Books. It's actually, uh, I found it, it's actually called Horny Books with Aaron and Polly, but it's E R I N and P O L L Y. Uh, and, you know, they. T- talk about covers and art and stories. I don't know why they talk about stories, uh, but they're reviewing uh, porn magazines. uh, And then every now and then uh, Tammy comes on, but mostly she just talks about how she likes to stick uh, things that she doesn't like in her box and other people's boxes. Uh, But there's no Wayne because no matter what you do, there's nothing sexy about Wayne. All right. Keep doing
1: what y'all do. Talk to you later. Bye.
2: with Aaron, Pauly, Tim, and Wayne.
1: I'm Aaron. This is Paul. This is Wayne.
2: And this is Tim. Well, welcome back, guys.
1: I know. It's our first... Well, no, it's technically not our first podcast (laughs) of the year. It's our second podcast of the year.
2: But I mean, we're, we're all fresh from you know the the funny book awards after parties, you know, all the you know staying up late at night, hobnobbing with all the muckety mucks. I, you know, it, it's uh, it was rather wearing. You know, yeah,
1: yeah, I have detoxed. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm all cleaned out.
2: Yeah, I got my liver
3: transplant, so
1: I did. Uh, I did a cleanse.
3: Yeah, yeah, Ribic knows how to fucking drink. Only tell you. <laughs> well,
1: it's because he draws Conan.
3: Right. That's right. <laughs>
1: and Thor. So. He he can draw some drinkers.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's true.
1: Well, you know, so I think it was yesterday, as of the time of this podcast anyway, um, they released a new Birds of Prey trailer. And I got to say, I am really struggling to find any reason to see this movie.
2: There is no reason to see this movie.
1: Yeah, why are you trying to?
2: Even because I like Margot
1: Robbie's Harley Quinn and Suicide Squad. I like some of the actresses. I, I like Ewan McGregor. I'm a fan. But, like... Out of two trailers, I've not seen anything in it that I'm like, you know, that looks funny, or oh, that looks good, or that, that's worth my money. Yeah, no, this movie looks horrid. Yeah, I know, but it's a comic book movie, a DC comic book movie, and I don't know. Like, I feel like this would be the third bad one in a row. Between, I know, you know, I've, I'm going back on things I've said in the past. Uh, but you know in retrospect or upon repeat viewings it's not like Shazam or Aquaman really hold up so this <laughs> but they did they both made over a billion dollars so you uh-huh. know they've been hits i don't yeah. know that this is going to be a hit nor will it be
2: good yeah it's it, it looks like trash is what it looks like to me yeah it looks pretty rough like a, now, i just I, all fairness i've not seen the second trailer or the current mm-hmm. trailer that you're talking about i've seen the the other one but you know i know that there is no amount of selling they can do on this piece of crap that's gonna get me to see it uh I did not enjoy the the uh suicide squad film and
1: I mean I enjoyed aspects of it and the the, the one of them was margot Robbie
2: you see yeah. i like I like Margot Robbie, but I don't like her as Harley Quinn
0: yeah mm-hmm. see i'm with I'm with Paul there are things I liked in the movie the 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 movie was horrible, but I thought they did good with Amanda Waller. I did like uh you know Harley in that movie it was wasn't the Harley I want but I enjoyed Harley it. You
2: deserve. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I don't
0: deserve any Harley. But
1: <laughs> I mean, does any does anybody on this podcast really deserve Margot Robbie? No, no, no that is true. <laughs> that is true. I even have I even liked Will Smith
0: in that movie, which surprised yeah. me.
1: So I just I'm I'm I feel like so DC has two movies this year, right? They've got um, Birds of Prey, and then later on in the year they've got Wonder Woman 1984 or right. whatever. Can't wait. Stoked. And they've got three movies next year, if I remember correctly. Um, so
2: next year, they've got uh, t, 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 Black Adam. I, I got to tell you, I really hope they, that one rocks because The Rock is in it. Uh, I, I really, really think he's a great cast as Black Adam.
1: I mean, This is definitely a passion project for him. I'm very hopeful for it. Yeah. I'm definitely. very hopeful for it. Um, the other – what's the – uh Batman. I think Batman is next year. The Robert Pattinson Batman? Yeah, I think it's 2020. Is it you mean 2021 you mean? 2021. Sorry, yeah, 2021.
2: That seems fast.
1: Um, well, I think they're filming it like right now.
2: Yeah. I'm just saying and it is, seems
1: fast. Is New Gods next year? There's definitely a
2: third one next year. I, I think, just don't I think you're right. This. I think New Gods is next year.
1: Yeah, there's so there's three DC movies next year. Um, and on the Marvel know, side, doesn't Eternals come out next year as well? I think Eternals is late this year actually. I think it's like November of this year.
3: Interesting.
1: Interesting. That I, gonna have... you, think that, you, you think that we would know this being on a comic podcast before I started this conversation. Well,
0: I we're not a research. very
2: good comic book podcast, Paul. So I, well, I think that's, that's the fair. reasoning there. Just <laughs>
0: like, just like none of these are going to be very good movies. <laughs> well,
1: Cause you know, if we, if you look at the, the first half of this year, we have birds of prey, which we've already expressed our thoughts on the new mutants, you know, which sat on a shelf for two years. Cause no one wanted to release it. Right. Um, Black Widow, which, yeah, I don't know. It, that could go either way, but the, the trailer doesn't give me a lot of hope. Right, yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman 84 in June. Looks um, awesome. Th- this coming Monday, we should be getting our first trailer for Morbius, which is due out in July. Now, that's uh, a
2: TV show, right? That's on the going to be on no.
1: the Disney Plus? No, it's That's no, going to be a movie? No. Yeah, with Jared Leto. Yeah, yeah really.
0: because do see- Disney doesn't have the rights to do it right now. Well, they that's do. With, that's with
1: Sony. Oh, that's right. That is a Sony one.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, from Marvel C- slash Disney this year is Black Widow in May, and then Eternals is in November.
1: Yep, and then next year you've got Shang Chi, um, then Doctor Strange, which just lost its director this week.
2: Yeah, I was I was gonna say, you know, uh, apparently they had uh, he and Disney or slash Marvel. Uh, had creative differences on the tone of the film. And you know, Mm. if you'll recall correctly, he was the guy who was super excited to make a Doctor Strange horror movie. So it sounds like they're going to pull back on the level of horror. In fact, Kevin Feige kind of reset the tone and said that there will be horror elements, but it should not be, you should not consider it to be a horror film, which I find disappointing. I would have liked, I think the strength. Of the MCU now is that you can make different types of films mm-hmm. in that in that universe, and I think a you know not a ra- necessarily a rated R horror film, but a PG thirteen. I yeah. think that would that would be a great thing with w- particularly with Doctor Strange. Well, and so you know,
1: I, th- I it's I think it's either that Marvel wanted less horror or they're trying to shoehorn in that the um Scarlet Witch TV series will lead into Doctor Strange. Right,
2: cuz they they're saying that but that uh WandaVision is going mm-hmm. to tie will have a direct tie-in to Doctor Strange or vice versa. That the mm-hmm. two of those have to connect, which is why WandaVision is being pushed to release in 2020 versus uh releasing in 2021.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. The we we we've expressed our concern about the upcoming Marvel slate. Uh, but I did find but I did double check uh, the DC 2021 movies are the Batman, the Suicide Squad sequel by James Gunn and um, Black Adam. And out of yeah. the three, oddly enough, even though there's a freaking Batman movie coming out by a director who I think is fantastic, Matt Reeves, who did the Planet of the Apes movies, mm-hmm. the one I'm most looking forward to is Black Adam. Uh, see, for me, surprisingly, after we just trashed
0: the first one, I'm looking forward to the Suicide Squad sequel just because James you know, James Gunn,
1: you know, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm hopeful for all three. I will say all three have, have hold some interest for me.
2: Well, I will say that James Gunn, uh, doing the suicide squad sequel makes me a lot more optimistic about it. Uh, and I mean, you know, I've seen the cast pictures. I, you know, I was impressed at how much weight, uh, uh, who's his face lost to be in it. Um, Captain Nathan Fillion. Yeah. yeah. Nathan Fillion. I mean, uh, I, I he lost a ton of weight yeah he uh, looks like his old self again yeah, yeah yeah so i mean you yeah, know upcoming
1: it, it, so the first half of this year looking a little slim i probably will end up seeing new mutants i just don't have a ton of faith in it Dude, the movie's gonna suck <laughs> <laughs> Oof, yeah yeah well speaking of things that suck um oh, and, and, and 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 uh and staying in Gotham, uh, Batman number eighty six came out this week, uh, and I was quite excited for it. Now, uh, Tom King, you know they've shifted Tom King and the end of his storyline over to that Batman Catwoman mini or maxi series that I don't believe has even been solicited yet. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Um, they're probably trying to get ahead of it with the art and stuff. Yeah. Um, so, Batman eighty six features the new creative team. Um, it's, I think it's going to have alternating artists, but at least in this issue, it's Tony Daniel. On Um, but James Tynion, the fourth is the new writer who will be taking over, I believe until issue
2: 100. Yeah. And, uh, I was very excited. Yes. As one would be. I mean, it's a great lineup for this book. Yeah. I'm a big fan of James Tynion, the fourth.
1: He did that run on detective comics that we were all fans of. Yeah. Yeah. God, this book sucked.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I am, uh, reminded of, uh, of, uh, Ross Perot from, you know, back during his presidential run, oh, so many years ago, when he said, you know, that giant sucking sound you hear is, you know, jobs leaving America. Well, <laughs> the giant sucking sound you heard this week was this issue of Batman, cause, uh, it is terrible. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, I, there is an amusing little conversation with Batman at the beginning of the book, talking about how Lil Gotham is really his creation you know and it was his, his his musings of what a what a more kinder friendlier gotham would look like and the idea of the book is that alfred told him at some point before he died that batman bruce needed to bring forward those ideas that he had doodled in the margins about a, a more perfect Gotham. And so the idea in this book is that Wayne Industries and you know, everybody else that he's kind of pressed into this initiative are rebuilding and redesigning Gotham.
1: And, which course, just to just to put, I don't mean to interrupt you, but just to put a pause on, we've seen that like oh, yeah. literally yeah a dozen times. times. I, I, yeah. I think the, I think the most recent one was I think that was actually how the Scott Snyder Court
2: of Owls yeah. I mean there, there is no there, there is very little original in this book. Um, Selena Kyle features heavily in the book, which surprised me that they're leaning on that relationship, given that it will take uh, center stage in the Tom King book. But uh the the book is all about, you know, again, how Batman always prepares for things. Batman always has a contingency, and he goes straight head to head with the surprise villain of the book, Deathstroke, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, except that ninety percent of the battle takes place off off screen. Right. But, you know. That's just just putting yeah. that out there. <laughs> They they start the battle and then it cuts away to another scene. And when you come back, I mean, it's like the Brian Michael Bendis school of writing.
2: Yeah. The (laughs) intent of the intent of the book is to, it seemed to me, the intent of the book is to introduce some new ideas and new concepts. So, you know, the new idea, new concept is that, you know, Batman's trying to build a better, brighter Gotham. And we've, we've seen that story before. So that's not new. Um, Batman is introducing some new tech. And so I'm like, oh, this is going to be our bid for, you know, a new toy. Um, and I truly did not see that, that, that this new, a piece of technology was altogether new and innovative because you know it doubles as a bat plane
1: yeah it just kind of um, looked like the batwing it, it, honestly, yeah. it looked like um, a mix between the batwing or not even it, i wouldn't even say a mix it looks like the the batman the crawler or whatever it was called uh-huh. from justice league the one that right. called up the tunnel but also flew yeah.
2: yeah yeah no i and that was the thing is i'm I, again it, it was like we're going to introduce all these new ideas and I, I was, I, when I was getting excited, that was the part of the book that actually had me excited. Ooh, what's this new thing? Cause, you know, I, I, I always love the bat gadgets. That's part of the fun for me in a Batman book. Uh, I loved the, what was it called? The, his uh, armor to fight Darkseid. Uh, the Hellbat. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the Hellbat, I think. I love the Hellbat. Uh, I need a Hellbat figure. Um, but this was, this was nothing. This <laughs> was literally nothing. I was just like, huh, okay. Yeah, big one-page splash of this thing flying off into the moon, and I was not impressed at all. And that's really the thing I've got to say about this entire book is that I was not impressed at all.
1: Yeah, Um, it was just it was just another Batman issue. Like I mean, you don't need to come out you don't need to come out swinging every time. It's not like I need the most iconic comic in the world every time. But there was nothing here that really interested me to continue with the series.
2: I would have been happier in this book because you know. Uh, meanwhile, while Batman's fighting Deathstroke and all these guys, uh, there is a Wayne fundraiser going on that mm-hmm. Selina Kyle is, you know, there and, you know, making excuses for Bruce Wayne. I don't understand why we never saw Bruce Wayne in this book. Yeah. You know? And I, I, it just seems to me like there would have been some benefit of actually seeing Bruce on a couple of these pages. And I get. Alfred died recently and he we this book the tone is him mourning Alfred um but it sure does bring down the uh, level of energy in the book uh, yeah and how dour Batman is and how you know he's he's talking to the guy in his ear and the guy in his ear right now is Lucius Fox and he's calling him Alfred yeah he accidentally
1: calls him Alfred yeah it's like oh
2: yeah well I mean I'm like it just again, we're mourning Alfred, and I get that. Now I wasn't reading the, the the book when Alfred was murdered, but you need to spend time doing that. But if your if your intent is to relaunch this series because the prior tone wasn't working, maybe. Show the morning, the the morning, the 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 dark grief parts of the story in flashback, and show the hopeful "I'm gonna live" Alfred's dream in the in the present. Yeah, I I think that would have been better versus just picking up right in the middle of his grief. And I I I think you could have told two stories as opposed to just putting it all into one pot but you know i'm trying to help this book be better and i don't think you can do it because this book was terrible
1: yeah i think i mean i you know i'm I'm, i wanted to give it a shot i did and i'm out again which you know we're gonna this is the only dc book we're we're talking about this week but aaron and i talked offline about you know and, and i think we talked about this a little bit last week was our concern about just ongoing series in general right um and I think about it, and, you know, I recently declared that I'm out on the Superman titles, right? I'm out on both Superman titles, Superman and Action Comics especially. You know, Action Comics still had me until the Leviathan thing. And so I'm out on Superman. I'm out on Batman. Um, so other than, like, event books, because I'm looking forward to Death Metal-ish, um, you know, we'll see how it goes, the The Snyder-Capullo uh, upcoming um, crossover thing. But in general, other than you know, like one shots or mini series and things like that, I'm relatively out on at least the main DC continuity for now, um, until something you know int- genuinely interesting draws me back in. Um, but right now, at least with the creative teams that are on my my favorite books for the foreseeable future, I'm out on them, which I guess is kind of a good thing financially because we're going to talk <laughs> about we're going
2: to talk about two books well, later on that, that do really. intrigue me. Because you're cutting the cheaper books out of your out of your budget, and you're you're adding the uh, more expensive books over at Marvel. Fair, fair. And yeah. so we're going to talk about two more books here in a second. But I'm yeah, sorry, well, you want I've to
0: say been in that place for a little bit, Paul. Because I dropped when Bendis took over the Superman books. I don't think I have an ongoing. Uh, well, I guess there's Batman, Superman for now.
1: There is, but you know what? If I didn't read another issue of that book, I don't know that I'd miss it. Same here.
2: Well, you are reading Justice League, Paul, and you'll I am. for one more there issue. And, yeah, you're going to continue that until uh, Snyder uh, winds up his run. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there are actually a couple of books at DC that I'm that I'm still reading and enjoying. And I got to say, we don't talk about it on the show, but Young Justice is really good.
1: Yeah, I don't know about that one. <laughs>
2: You know, it was uh, – I've only been in for three issues, and I think I, I picked the perfect place to jump on because um, they were wrapping up their, their first big story arc. Um, and it's it's. I'm, – I'm enjoying it now, and I haven't read this week's yet. I'll read it after we uh, record today, mm-hmm. but uh, I've really enjoyed it. I'm enjoying the hell out of Supergirl. No,
1: that's um, right. I'm not re- That's. I mean, I, I'm sure there's stuff that I'm just not reading no. that's good. Yeah, but
2: you know, I I think I'm looking
1: at my 2019 purchases, at least as far as DC is concerned. And my favorite stuff is the limited stuff, the, the Walmart books, the Batman and Superman Walmart books. You know, Lois Lane, Jimmy Olsen, um, you know, Doomsday Clock.
2: And while Superman may be wildly uneven, I got to tell you, Lois Lane and uh, Jimmy Olsen are fan fucking tastic.
1: Like I'd almost want Greg Rucka and Matt Fraction to tag team the Superman book instead. Oh, man, that would be that would be hot, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think Greg Rucka could throw Greg Ruck on Action Comics. You know, he can yeah. bring that Lois Lane sensibility to that book.
2: Yeah, yeah, nah, I
1: love it, that. yeah. I just think um, you know the the current, and it's not so much that I disagree with the status quo because the status quo, other than Jonathan Kent, is status quo. <laughs> um, yeah. It just doesn't you know, like the the storylines and the writing just aren't aren't capturing me um
0: see my frustration with superman is it's a love-hate relationship in that i normally when i dislike a superman run i can look at it and say this person just doesn't get the character but i can't say that about bendis when bendis is writing the dialogue for him when he's writing people's reactions he seems to really get superman I just don't like the stories he's telling with Superman and he's taking away everything that I like about the character. But when I actually read it, I can't help but, you know,
1: agree with the dialogue choices. Yeah. I mean, dialogue is his strength, right? Um, But it's just, it's just the overall stories that just aren't great right now. And to to Aaron's point, there has been good stuff. It's just wildly uneven. And for, you know, for me to pay $4 a month, I need
0: consistency. Yeah. The Walmart stuff has been surprisingly consistently good across all of the titles I've read uh, because I've been doing the Teen Titans one, too. Mm -hmm. And it's been really good. But those aren't really ongoing series.
1: Well, I know we will see, especially in the coming months, builds up buildups to death metal and then to 5G. Um, So I know there's stuff coming
2: that I'm going to. Is is 5G going to be compatible with 4K? I don't know. Perhaps,
1: perhaps. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, Am I going to need some kind of like adapter?
1: Probably. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, an emotional adapter, I'm sure. Um, (laughs) When when Luke Fox becomes Batman, Uh, but you know, we'll see, we'll see. You know, I'm sure I'll hop back into to something a little bit in a little bit. Wonder Woman 750 comes out in a couple of weeks. I will very likely pick it up just to see, you know, what they what what's going on in that book, and you know, that'll probably have a hint of the future. But for now, Batman, Superman, uh, I'm out. I'm out for now. Um, and, you know, uh, speaking of books I was excited to pick up, and uh, I'm out again immediately. <laughs> Star Wars number one came out uh, on Christmas week, and we're kind of getting caught up on some of the books we didn't talk about because we had the funnies and the holidays. Um, I think Star Wars came out Christmas Day or maybe the day after. Uh, I think it was from- Christmas Day. Okay. From Charles Sewell and
2: Jesus Saiz. I'm- and— I gotta tell you I mean nice nice talent there we love Charles Charles Sewell and the artwork was fantastic in this book yeah the artwork was
1: very good um you know, a little bit more photo referential than I care for but it's still it's still really solid um but woof woof I mean there is like nothing in this book that is worth a damn
2: well you know the the problem with this book is you know the these these mainline Star Wars stories like the the previous volume of Star Wars told the story uh, between the end of New Hope and the beginning of Empire Strikes Back. And this volume is going to tell the story between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, right? Yep. And and, And I get it. We're telling the story between those moments that we didn't see in film. Well, this is... At the end of Empire Strikes Back, Luke gets his hand cut off. He falls out of Cloud City, gets saved by the Millennium Falcon... Cut to him on the uh, you know uh, you know in the rebellion fleet getting his hand fixed you know telling uh, you know Lando and Chewbacca you know we'll meet you out there we'll find Han yada yada. Well, this is going to tell you the story that happens between them escaping Cloud City, but before they get to the rebellion fleet, yeah, and they save the day again. And I'm like, and earn a new a new enemy in the process. And the whole time I'm like, come the fuck on. Yeah, and it was this story was ridiculous.
1: These stories are stupid in general,
2: right? And I I just want to, you know,
1: I, I don't want to go off on too much of a tirade, but the adherence to canon, which. I'm going to be honest. Is our fucking fault as fans and everyone? Not our specifically, but all these fans like, no, no, oh, I'm, is it canon?
2: I'm, I'm holding you personally down. <laughs> oh, is it
1: canon? Is it canon? Oh, uh, <laughs> so now there's this. You know, Disney's like, oh, well, you know, everything has to be canon. So they they tell these stories, and you know, because they know these are the characters that people care about, they they have they have to tell stories for the characters that fit within canon, and you know, they they shoehorn in like Poe Dameron's parents. You know, are, you know, are clearly alive during this time of the resistance um, or the rebellion, I should say, in in this era. And so, you you know, you see Poe Dameron's parents as characters in this storyline. And, you know, a a couple of thoughts here is one, we've already seen the storyline that takes place between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. It was called Shadows of the Empire, and it was a huge, huge deal. Um, Right. Which I didn't
2: realize that that it was a cross-platform story. right? Yeah. I mean, it was it was comics, it was video games, it was novels. I mean, this thing crossed all media. Yeah,
1: and I, I got to be honest, I didn't realize that had been wiped from continuity. Um, yeah, you know, I knew I knew that most stuff moved to Legends, but that one, I was like, well, that was such a big deal. It was basically a movie without the movie that I kind of thought they kept that in there, and I'm assuming that this will, you know, supersede that. But I just don't I don't care. Like, I know where all yeah. these characters are going to go. You know, I know what I know well, what happens. And it's it's boring, because what I'm going to find is they're going to have to tell stories just like in the first arc that have random ass other villains or incorporate our villains, but in such a way as to not contradict what you've already seen in the movies. Just tell the just tell your own story. Just go off on well, your own continuity.
2: And that's why, you know, creators like Kieran Gillen were so successful in that first run, because they gave us characters like Dr. Afra. Yeah. We got characters, uh, the murder droids, right? I mean, these were breakout characters. I mean, doctor they're talking about giving Dr. Afra a movie for crying out loud. Yeah, which I,
1: I honestly, if they give her a movie or a Disney Plus series, I'm all for it. I am 100% give Dr. Afra I would actually prefer a Disney Plus series um because I feel like there's more to that character that would be fun on a you know a weekly sure. basis but I'm I'm concerned about you know at the end of the book there's four number ones there's Star Wars number one Darth Vader uh-huh. Bounty Hunters and Dr. Afra all set now in the post Empire Strikes back continuity I'm not going to pick any of them up after this one yeah. even Dr. Yeah. Afra
2: and I'm a fan of that well, and it seems to me like the big opportunity here is to tell stories post Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Uh n- not post Rise of Skywalker, but between Return of the Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Cuz there's so
1: much room. Yeah, there's right. Jedi there. There's yeah. you know, there's Rise of the Resistance, Rise of the uh, you know, the First Order. There's stuff there. And they yeah. just and it's like why aren't you at this point? Because now the movies yeah. are out. Like you know what you know what the movie story is. You don't have to worry about spoiling anything. Just do it. Yeah, and we're getting a little bit of that in the rise of Kylo Ren. <laughs> Be careful what you ask for. Um, yeah. Now that being said, I don't hate the rise of Kylo Ren. The first issue was pretty miserable, and I was like, oh. "Well, let me try issue two. And I will say, I actually liked issue two primarily because it features a lot of Luke being a
2: badass, right? Um, and I thought that was great, taking on the Knights and it of- does it does feel like I mean, certainly from feature film experience. There is not enough Luke being a badass, yeah. right? Um, and so you have to go to other media to, to get that, you know, uh, really sort of badass Luke story. Mm-hmm. And in the current Marvel books, you're still trapped in a world where Luke is still finding himself. So it was really refreshing to see this. I, uh, cannot bear the pages with Snoke.
1: Yeah. Well, and the problem, you know, for me is not just Snoke, but it's also the fact that Kylo Ren is kind of a bitch. Like, we know that. Uh-huh. He's known for that. I think it was intentional. Like, he's a little bit yeah. of a bitch. And it's not Luke's book. It's Kylo Ren's no. book. <laughs> right. And Kylo Ren right. is also still kind of a bitch, even when he was younger. Uh-huh. Right. Um, and, yeah, you know, he 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 runs to the hands of Snoke after, you know, what's been established in The Last Jedi, that Luke, you know, had trouble with Kylo Ren and, and had, or Ben solo and had considered, you know, ending him ending his life, but you know, didn't. And so we see what ha-
2: happened. You immediately know, I had those thoughts about Wayne almost every week. Well, and, you should run to, you know, Snoke. I've never, I, I you know, I have never sent him running off to Snoke.
1: Well, Wayne, maybe you don't know. Maybe he <laughs> has. <on our> <laughs>
2: uh, we, we I'm get not some sure hits. who
1: our Snoke would be, but
2: so, Paul, are the you 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 are much more of a Star Wars guy than I am? Uh-huh. Uh, are the Knights of Ren? Uh, is the 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 backstory that we get here in Knights of Ren is that established uh, anywhere else in Star Wars, or is this something whole cloth that's made here?
1: It's whole cloth that's made here, which I got to okay. say, you know, pay, it, it, so for those of you who are not reading the series, the, the Knights of Ren in this series are are in existence before Kylo Ren. You know, the movie doesn't clarify that at all. And maybe it, maybe it is in the novels. I don't read any of the novels. Um, but the, Kylo Ren, you know, the, the name that Ben Solo takes on Kylo Ren is because basically the Knights of Ren are uh, an old order that, that um, worships the Sith. And so Ben Solo, when he leaves the Jedi Order, finds the Knights of Ren and takes on the, I guess, uh, the title of Kylo. Ren, um, but they're all you know. They're all Ren. He's just Kylo, whatever the hell that means. And so you, you see that backstory here, which honestly, I found I found that aspect aspect of it interesting. I just you know the the Snoke stuff. To your point, like I'm just like oh god, and and, and the way they draw Snoke is pretty terrible.
2: And that's what I had so much trouble with. Was the, I mean the the uh, rendering of Snoke was. Terrible in this book, whereas all the other art's terrific. Yeah, but I think he just doesn't know how to draw, draw Snoke's. Um, so the art
1: is by Will Sliney. I just think he has trouble with Snoke's deformity. And yeah. so it just looks like, in some panels, he just looks like Freddy Krueger. In others, he looks like an abstract painting.
2: <laughs> you oh, know? you know, it, it, he he looks like uh, that thing from Goonies. Uh, a sloth? Uh, a sloth, yeah. 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 That's what he looks like to me. A little bit. Yeah.
1: So I will say, even though I'm not loving the book, I think it's only a four issue series. I will actually probably pick up all four issues because um, I like aspects of it. Mm-hmm.
2: But I just, yeah, I thought there was there were some things here to admire. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I will say that the cover art on both issues one and two is gorgeous. It is. Um, but and you know, Marvel has never been short on uh, the really strong covers for Star Wars. But the interiors in this in this book were were awfully nice. Um, I it's just. Boy, it, it's uh, it it is a rough, it is a rough kind of book. Yeah, you know? and uh, you know, to to talk about what we've shared earlier, it's uneven. Yeah, you know, there are parts you like, there are parts you're like, "Ooh, that didn't work at all." Um, my problem is, it, my I fundamentally dislike uh, Ben Solo slash Kylo Ren, and so it can the can the book redeem the character enough? Uh, for me to enjoy the series, uh, two issues in on a four-part series, I'm gonna say no. Uh, well, because because like you said, I just can't get behind the bitchiness of the character. Yeah, he's such a great big whiny baby. Well, and I'm you know I'm, I'm I'm interested
1: in the the backstory of the Knights of Ren more so than I'm interested in the story of Ben Solo turning into Kylo Ren. But you know, if it was a 12 issue series, I'd be out. But knowing that I'm halfway <laughs> through, yeah, I'll collect the next two.
2: Yeah. I think in in terms of uh, of this character's backstory and, and then I'll drop it so we can move on to something more interesting. I'm a lot more interested to how he is seduced uh, to his Vader worship, right? Yeah. Well, uh, and you find a little bit of that the, in this, right? A little bit. A, a little bit. But I, that's the that's the sto- that's the element that I'm really interested in is is uh his connection to his grandfather. mm mm-hmm.
1: Mhm. And you yeah. do, you know, the little bit you do find out is that it's not so much Darth Vader that he admired; it's Anakin, right? Um, right. And and Anakin's power over the Force when he was good, and that just yeah. kind of turns into as you find. And I, I then I'll drop it. I promise. <laughs> you do find out quite a bit in this book that you didn't know. That does kind of help the fact. Has any Has anyone not seen Rise of Skywalker on this show? Okay, um, th- but that that does lean towards Ben Solo's turn in that story, in that movie, because you find out that Ben Solo didn't destroy the Jedi Order. He didn't do that. That was the Emperor, and that Ben Solo was seduced to the dark side because he had the voice of the Emperor in his mind seducing him that whole time, and that was the darkness that Luke felt. So it's not just that he was I mean, yes, he's also an asshole, but it wasn't (laughs) just that. He was in, you know, the Emperor was there pulling the strings the whole time, and you find that out in this book, which I thought, you know, just does kind of soften it just kind of softens that that character twist that happens in rise of skywalker
0: kind of also enforces him being just a weak person in general and utterly you know i don't want to call him an irredeemable character because he wasn't good enough to be redeemed
1: yeah well we we talked a lot about about (laughs) that star wars book a lot more than i actually thought we were going to but you know, so we're 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 kind of like the negatory cast so far. But I gotta say, you know, I mentioned earlier that I may be picking up two Marvel books going forward, or at least until they piss me off. Um, Doctor Strange number one came out during the holidays, also written by Mark Wade. And I gotta say, it's even though I love Mark Wade, it's not Mark Wade that pulled me into this book. It's Kev Walker. Um Kev Walker is the artist on this book. And I remember years ago, Kev Walker did uh an art uh did the art of a Thunderbirds book written by Warren Ellis. And Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Thunderbirds are go. Uh yeah, Thunderbolts. <laughs> and I remember at the time saying, and, and it was a Doctor Strange issue. And I remember at the time saying, Damn, I would love to see Kev Walker on a Doctor Strange book. Or I think it was Doctor Voodoo at the time. Um and so Kev Walker's on a Doctor Strange book, and I'm like, Well, I remember saying that like six years ago, <laughs> and so I, you know, I picked up this first issue, and yeah. uh, so did Wayne. So did I say, unlike you, Paul, it
0: was Mark Wade that drew me in because there's been a lot of Doctor Strange series, and I don't jump into uh, most, yeah. of but Mark Mark wrote most of the them because most of them have been volume.
1: and I didn't pick that up.
2: I did done the last two volumes.
0: Wow, no? I had no idea. So I saw yeah. this one was Mark Wade, and I jumped at it. I would have tried the last two
1: volumes if I'd have known. So Wayne, I. I, I I loved this book. I don't know what you thought of it, but I loved it. I liked it, but
0: I'm kind of waiting for more issues. It was because it's the first issue. You never really know what this series is actually going to be like. Uh, I enjoyed the writing. I enjoyed the dialogue. I like the setup. So, I mean, I'm on board and I really enjoyed it, but I wouldn't go so far to say I loved it.
1: I got to say, I loved I loved. And I don't like Aaron said. Mark Wade's been doing the last two volumes of the book, so I don't know if this uh, this um, status quo was established earlier. But the fact that we've got a doctor who's also a superhero and I like that secret identity I mean ish secret identity because this the hospital does know who he is but I love that that superhero aspect of the book that you know like I'm a doctor by day and Dr Strange by night and I just I loved it I really really loved everything about this book
2: I had up till now I've been reading the Doctor Strange books in trade. Um, so I'm not buying them on the on the monthly basis. And when I say he's written the la- the the prior two volumes, uh, what I mean is that he's uh, the the tr- the prior two trade paperbacks. Oh, okay. Um, and you know the prior volume, the the prior originally numbered series, because uh, this is renumbering at one. But you know uh, at each volume of these Doctor Strange books that Mark Wade's been writing, he kind of resets the status quo. So it's actually a true. You know, sort of beginning, middle, and end in each one of those stories. So in, in the first one that he did, Dr. Strange it has uh, become a veterinarian, right? And so he spends time being a veterinarian, and I love that. We didn't spend enough time there. That was my only complaint about it. Um, in the prior volume, he actually spends time being the Herald of Galactus, which is wild um and in this volume he is the surgeon supreme because he has gotten the use of his hands back and you know for those of you who don't recall uh Doctor Strange in his origin story was a brilliant surgeon who in an automobile accident gets nerve damage to his hands and seeks out you know all these you know various curealls for his hands which brings him to the ancient one and he becomes uh, ultimately the uh, sorcerer supreme but uh I thought this book was gorgeous. Kev Walker has really got a sense of the style, bringing forth some of the images that we saw in the Jason Aaron run. Uh, you know, where where you know uh uh Stephen Strange is using his true sight and seeing the demons yeah. and other mystical creatures that are at work in the world that are invisible uh to you know mortals. Um I I, I think it's got a, a great uh sensibility I think Mark Wade does a great job of voicing a character who's a good guy, but is also a bit of an egomaniac. Yeah, you know, and that that's that's central to Stephen Strange's character is that yeah he's he's got he's got a good good heart, but he is well aware that he's the best there is at what he does. You know, uh, so you know he's and he's got that cocksure uh, attitude of a surgeon. You know, and that just comes right through second third page of the book. Um, yeah, I, I thought this book was great. I, I like what it's setting up. Uh, certainly love the visual tone of it. I think it is it is certainly right in line with uh, the the previous Doctor Strange books that Mark Wade's written, and I'm excited for this run. Yeah, I and it's funny. I was reading uh, I was reading uh, uh, back issues of Thor earlier this week, in which the Wrecker featured uh, heavily, and the Wrecker is the villain in this book. So it was nice that I, you know, I got to see some old school record this week and some new school record this week.
0: Yeah, I kind of differ on the art with you guys. Some, uh, I love all of the like the otherworldly stuff with him, and I think he looks great when he's in costume. I really dislike how he draws Stephen Strange in like the doctor gear and the uh, the suits. The face is just utterly off to me. But for some reason, the face looks fine when he's in costume. Yeah, I
1: don't know. I like I like I I like Kev Walker's style. It's got a bit, and and I could see why you don't because if you squint on some of these pages, some of the panels could be drawn by Umberto Ramos. (laughs) I was going to say the same. Yeah, Um, but I I really this is scratch me right where I itch, and I've always loved Stephen Strange as a character, and this is a this is a status quo and a storyline and an and a team that I can definitely get behind.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I look when I look through the uh, the pages, the art when he's in costume, I have no problems with, and the all of the supernatural elements are really good. Even the mundane stuff, I like. The only thing I dislike is I really dislike his Doctor Strange face when he's in plain
2: clothes. I, you know, Mark Wade has spent a lot of time thinking about the rules of magic, just like Jason Aaron did. And, you know, reasons why Stephen Strange does what he does when he applies magic, when he doesn't. And I love that, you know, he's gotten his hands back and so he's in there uh, doing surgery. And, you know, you hear, you, you hear, uh, Dr. Strange's inner dialogue and he's talking about why he doesn't use magic. In the course of performing these surgeries and, you know, he's like, you know, there's an element of chaos to magic and there's an element of price and there's an element of chaos to magic and an element of price to magic. And you don't want to do that and you don't want to bring that element into something as complex as brain surgery. Uh, you know, what you, what you need is, you know, technical skill, which he has. And so it's the, the, uh, the dichotomy of his tactile science, technology, uh, technical skills versus his arcane skills. And I just think it's, it's a great marriage in this book. And I love that that's, that's the arc that this is titled, The Surgeon Supreme.
0: Yeah, I was really excited when you guys picked it up because I picked it up over Christmas. And it was pretty much, I think I got that and uh, Spider-Ham were the only two books I picked up. And it was one of the things I really wanted to hear what you guys had to say about Doctor Strange.
1: Yeah, because I'm I, all in. Yeah, ditto. And actually, before we move on to our final book of the week, I, I want to ask, how is Spider-Ham? I haven't read it yet. God damn it, Wayne. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's how good it was. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk
1: about a book that I bought two weeks ago and I finally read yesterday. And It's sort of a Schrodinger's pig at this point. Though. <laughs> the pig
2: is alive, the pig is dead. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we've been building up to this entire this entire podcast to hear Tim talk about the new Donny Cates and Nick Klein uh, Thor ongoing issue one that came out Uh, I think this was another Christmas week book it might have been a New Year's week book it was week after last
2: it was the it was New Year's Day that this came out okay so Tim you Mm -hmm. bought Thor number one
1: Mm -hmm. let's hear it so um,
3: let's start with Nick Klein Nick Klein's art is is well suited for a Thor story, I feel. It's a uh, it's a little more uh, dark, grim uh, than uh, some artists, and I just I loved it. Like this, the the the, the pages with uh, with Mjolnir traveling the uh, the the realms, um, the, which is basically the first three or four pages was pretty it was pretty awesome um and i found myself leaning in as i'm reading this book right (laughs) like um because um i get a i'm I'm getting a lot more uh i'm getting a lot of kieran gillen kind of kind of writing in this book where he's talking about the realms and he's he's, it's it's kind of a, a a grimmer kind of thor you know it looks like we're gonna. It looks like we're gonna go into a King Thor story, which is fine with me. I, I'm, 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 I'm down with that. And I gotta tell you guys, it, everything was going really good until like, the, the, and you know what page I'm talking about? It was a record skip moment, and I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I, uh, I'll, I'll do it Uh-oh. myself. <laughs> Spoiler.
1: I was gonna say I don't know which page you're referring to. I, uh,
3: it's when he's about to address uh, address his kingdom. And he's standing on that balcony, and it looks like it looks like uh, it looks like someone kicked him in the balls. Which is the same look I had when I turned the page. God, maybe it's different for you guys. I I I so checked out after that. I, I, I fucking hate Galactus. I hate him with a passion. I hate everything about that character.
0: Wow. Because he's the character that will bring me into a book.
3: Oh, well, that's great. No. Big, stupid, purple Galactus. Yeah, there he is.
2: Oh, Ugh. Wow. You and I had, had diametrically opposed reactions. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I freaking loved it. You know, my – so – Tim has already given the spoiler warning. What happens in the book is uh, Galactus crash lands on, uh, on on Asgard, and you know after having you know been dealt some terrible blows, and we find out that the you know he's he's facing a you know a horrible uh, opponent uh, that is strong enough to you know whoop Galactus's ass, but he has uh, been made privy to a prophecy in which at some point in the future Thor kills him. And so uh, Galactus is there to make sure that shit doesn't happen or that if it does, he gets a, he gets a piece of Thor before Thor gets him. So he makes Thor his herald, um, which I love. I mean, I, everything about this book I love. My only complaint about this book. Is that yeah? We spend a little bit of time with Thor, you know, being you know in Asgard, resetting the table after the entire Jason Aaron run post War of Realms. We see you know gods in their new roles. So for instance, Sif has taken her brother's position on the Bifrost Bridge. She is taking the role of Heimdall in guarding uh, Bifrost, and so she's got the big glowy eyes and whatnot. Which is nice because Sif has really never had a role in the books. They, I think, always feel like writers never know what to do with her. Uh, so it's nice that she's got you know uh, a, a real solid job for her to do. Uh, but you know he's putting together you know now that he is king of Asgard, um, you know he he his, the role of his advisor is uh, played by Volstagg. Um, you know he's in the process of ruling and, and making that adjustment. We didn't get to spend enough time here before he's got to leave Asgard in the dust. That is literally my only complaint about this book. I love the art. I love the writing. I like where it's going. I just wanted a little bit more time for Thor to sit the throne before he walks out of town. I agree. Uh, you know, I wish that had we'd had a, at least a full issue or two
1: to breathe in the current status before they like shifted it right he like yeah. at the beginning we, we only spent half an issue basically with him wrestling with being king before he's like okay i'm going to go off on an adventure um That was my my main qualm with the book. I'm like, ah, like literally already we're changing it.
2: Um, Well, and and I feel like you know he's going to spend four or six issues as the Herald of Galactus, right? Yeah. And then when he has returned to himself, I guarantee he's going to have two good eyes. He's he's going to have a fully restored left arm. Well, he
1: already has it, right? Like I think that's yeah. I think we're we're seeing that.
2: Yeah, but I mean, like when when. When the power cosmic is removed from him, he's not going to go back to the way he looked in the first part of this book. And that's what I love about this character. I like the battle-scarred Thor. I don't want to see Pretty Boy Thor. Yeah. I really like battle-scarred Thor, and I was excited about that. So that is something that has me concerned, and I'm predicting, I know. But I feel for certain that's what's going to happen. I like the idea of Thor as Herald of Galactus, and I love the way Galactus is portrayed in this book. Um, what I what I don't care for is uh, I, I feel like this is the way we reset the character back to zero. Yeah, and I will say one of the things I don't
1: care for is the new design. I don't. I'm not a big fan of it. I think uh, I don't know like the, the new costume just not not a fan of it. And now that being said, I'll see I, they, there was only one panel, but there were a couple of, uh, of covers. variant covers. If you bought it digitally, it had all the variant covers and I gotta say, God damn it. Can we get Ron Lim on some interior yeah. art? Because his cover was badass. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, in the in the little bit I've seen in the costume, not a big fan yet.
2: So, And, you know, I love the classic Thor costume, but it no longer suits him. You know, Thor is a character who has really lived since Michael Straczynski uh, wrote the book. And I just I think that he is a character that really benefits from showing the wear and tear of his journey.
3: So, so Donnie Cates, I, I recognize, has is is writing is 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 writing a uh, well written story. It's just not a story that I I could give a damn about. So, sorry, are, are you out? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, Wow.
1: Damn.
2: I I I tell you, I'm stunned. I really am. I thought I thought for sure this was right in the right in the kill shot.
3: I, for you. Yeah. No, I don't like cosmic stories. I I almost never have. And, damn. Yep. Right there,
1: oh. in my Thor book. I'm definitely on for the next issue. Um, well, Tim may be out, but you guys
0: sold me on it with the description, so I'm well, going to pick and if it you, up.
2: I know, I know you like Galactus. Pick up the previous volume of uh, Doctor Strange because Galactus features heavily.
1: So, um, Aaron, I don't know if you read the the script pages. I did, but not. this is how, and the description he he gives of Thor to his artist um, that Donny Cates has given to Thor of his artist. Uh, to his artist um it, it says you know his arm is back as as his eye and his hair is now long like down to his butt long like the 90s thor that i love and i will say <laughs> looking at the costume it's i could see it it's strong it definitely has a strong 90s influence to me
2: oh no absolutely yeah. for better or
1: worse right
2: yeah so
1: well i'm sorry you didn't like it tim
2: so uh paul What's coming out next week? Next
1: week is kind of a slow week in comics, but there are, there are a couple of releases. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man Epic Collection Maximum Carnage. So if you're not familiar with these epic collections, they're just like omnibus volumes. Um, and they are releasing a Maximum Carnage omnibus that includes the, the entirety of the series, the crossovers, and... Um, and you know the tie-in material, so uh, it's it's that I, I loved that story. Speaking of Ron Lim art, uh, I I believe I already have Maximum Carnage in a digital trade, but if you don't, Epic Collection next week comes out. Uh, from also from Marvel Comics, and speaking of Carnage, uh, this week Marvel actually released uh, Miles Morales Spider-Man: The End. You know the, these one shots that basically tell the the death of these characters. Well, next week is Venom, the end, uh, if you're picking up those stories. Uh, From Dark Horse Comics, we get the Hellboy Winter Special. From Mike Mignola and Chris Roberson. From DC Comics, we get new issues of Legion of uh, Legion of Superheroes. I know Aaron is the only one reading that book. And did anyone else pick up the question, The Deaths of Vic Sage by Jeff Lemire and Dennis Cowan? I did. It was really good. Okay, I haven't read the first issue yet, but I will read the first issue, and if I like it, then issue two comes out next week. And finally, from Image Comics, Undiscovered Country, issue three, which was Aaron's uh, best new series of 2020, or 2019.
2: That That is true. All right, all right, guys. Well, we'd love to hear what you thought of this week's books. Uh, you know, call and let us know uh, what you thought about Thor, Doctor Strange, those Star Wars books. Let us know what you're liking. Give us a call at 972-763-5903 That number once again: 972-763-5903 And if we use your voicemail on the show, you'll win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. You can also hit us up
1: on social media: IOM Geek on Facebook and Instagram at Ideology Madness on Twitter.
2: Do it. All right, gents. All right. Well, I'm going to see if we can find another book for Tim to hate next (laughs) week. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.